From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Not my job to protect the license. It's the producer's job to protect the license. Okay. Yep. Jeez. Right. Good morning. Read your FCC handbook. Good morning, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. How are you on this beautiful, moist Saturday morning? Moist. Very moist outside. The humidity is back. I walked out and uh, I'm starting to uh, perspire. You know where you get that water stuff on your forehead. Um, uh, what do you what do you call that? I saw it on Gardner Sweat. once. Well, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, that's right. Last night it was alligator guts. That's one of uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of the old Tom Rivers lines. He goes, "What is that stuff called that you get on your forehead when it's hot and you work and you're outside?" And he goes, "Everybody goes, sweat." He goes, "Yeah, I think I saw it on my Gardner once." <laughs> you know, you know, remember? Wah, wah, oh, yeah, yeah. Welcome in, everybody. Brayden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Vince Noble. The dawn of Indian Rocks Beach, and guess who made it back? Mr. Bill George. Yeah. From his, uh, what well, we've been gone now, what, a year and a half uh, two sabbatical? Weeks. Two weekends. Uh, two, two weeks. It kind of looks like he's been two gone weeks. for a year and a half. I'm telling you, your hair looking all wild and crazy. You got well, your uh, best Hawaiian uh, look at me, look at me, look at me t-shirt uh, shirt on, and... Uh, Hey, I like the hairstyle. It's a little, uh, it's a little seventies retro poofy uh, I, thing I going. Was, I was out playing. Didn't get home till midnight. When I went to wake up. Now, when you say playing, is that like the seventies lingo for like partying, dude? No, no, no. <laughs> we were we were uh, sorting through lizards. Yeah, I was about to say that's lingo for the. There was an alligator that. Yeah. Uh, was in the wrong place at the wrong time. With a little transistor radio in the background playing Smoke on the Water? No, no. Are you sure? Alice's Restaurant. Yeah, sure. Oh, Alice's, Alice's Restaurant. Yeah, that's right. I'd pick him for an ABBA kind of guy. <laughs> no, he's, uh, his only song that he ever has in his forehead is at Alice's whatever. Well, that's my, my thing, restaurant. Well, everybody remembers their first time doing heroin, so sure, yeah. why not you do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Slick's over there on the other side of the darkened glass. He's one of those producer guys where he's got to be like, I want all the lights out, and I want it quiet in here, and I don't want anybody touching my board, okay? Because I'm out. a bad man. Yeah, just get out. <laughs> so all we see is like this, we get a little light from this studio, like just barely shining over into the next room, and you just see this ghostly face over I, in the glass. I'm going to have to bring Carlos in and... We'll have to do the. Uh, Tom, Tom is the, here today, by the, the way. <laughs> I <laughs> see you. I saw. I, I know. I didn't. I, <laughs> oh my lord! Hey, it don't don't feel bad because literally, like five minutes after I got off the radio with you guys, my dad called me. He goes, "What's up, Tom? <laughs> Yo, Tommy! <laughs> Tom's in the house." So thank you for that. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. So uh, yeah. Slick will be answering uh, any phone calls that you may want to throw at us. Uh, I know that. Uh, a little later on, we may receive a few phone calls. I don't know. Uh, John Harris, uh, Harris Auctions, he called me yesterday. and was like, dude, can I get on your radio show? I want to get on your radio show real quick. I got a, I got a big auction coming up next weekend I got to talk to you about. And I was like, well, what's, what's the auction? Is it like farm equipment and all this other stuff? He goes, oh, no. No, no, no. You're going to like this. And I was like, well, what is it? He goes, 
It's all guns. Is it, did he but get got, the gun one? Uh, this is a different gun one. Oh, okay. So, yeah. When he calls, though, he's got to do his auction voice. Though. He's going to talk in his auction voice. He usually does. Uh, when you talk to him in person, he talks uh, 15 miles in uh, a second. <laughs> and then when you, uh, when you get him on the phone, it's like we just woke him up out of uh, a three-day bender or something. Have Every time you, we get him on the phone. No, have you seen him run an auction? Oh, he's fast. I love him as an auctioneer. He moves And quick. I've been to one of his auctions, and let me tell you something. I can, well, I say it like this. I've gone to cattle auctions, equipment auctions, everything else. It always drives me crazy to see, like, auctioneer. You, you can read the room. You know, you'll get these auctioneers that will come out, and they'll say, like, we go to those, the NWTF banquets were great examples of it Yeah, with the paintings. They come out with the paintings and stuff like that, and the guys would start them out at five hundred dollars, and what would happen? We'd sit there for ten minutes until they drop back to a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like they start back, they go to fifty or a hundred dollars, and everybody would start bidding. And then all of a sudden, two seconds later, you're back at the five hundred you originally wanted to start with. You know, and it always drove me nuts. That's one thing I loved about him when I was at his auction that I went to last year. He would start it out, and I mean, boom, 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 boom. Five minutes later, it's sold. And it sold for good money, whatever he was selling. Start so, everything at 20 bucks. Well, yeah. Everybody I, will throw down a 20 for anything, so it's all good. Last weekend when I called in, y'all had talked about that, that stuff that would come out of the alligator's belly. I do yeah. believe we're going to try, try and get Shane on in the 9 o'clock hour. Oh, cool. That'd be awesome. he's a time zone back. Don't have to. Yeah, he's an hour ahead behind us. Yeah, yeah behind us. Yeah, well, that'll be cool. I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk to him. Y'all gonna have to fill me in on that on the break. Nah, I you don't. Just, just be a wonder. You're listening to the entire show, Jonathan. You're fine. Uh, You'll be fine. I was filling feeders and doing other <laughs> certain things. I had noisy machinery between my legs. Are you gonna so. do that with your gators? What? Check Open them up? Yeah. No. Why? No. You'll never know what you'll find. That's how many alligators have you cleaned? None. <laughs> I know because they stinky. After they're I get stinky, done with everything else, the last see, thing I'm doing. See, he just gave you the same answer I like to give everybody that asks me all those questions about hogs and everything else. They're like, "Hey, have you ever done this? You ever done that?" And I'm just like Bill. How many have you ever cleaned? Oh, oh, well, none. Oh, okay, then. Just <laughs> I've assisted on a hog. I've not done a gator. I, I would uh, gator would be one of those ones where I would be like, I'm not really interested in what's in there. I'm really not, uh, but. Like fish, you know, usually if you're out fishing and you're cleaning, you want to see what they're, you know, they're feeding on, change your bait, do that kind of thing. What, so, you mean like things like Goliath grouper? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you want to see if they're eating. They just uh, eat crustaceans. Yeah, nothing but lobsters, bro. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Just lobsters, lots of butter, okay? Biologist testified to it. And, uh, I've, I, you know, <laughs> curiosity in, when it comes to fishing, sure, you want to know what the match the hatch type thing, but... I've never wanted to look inside of a hog or, uh, you know, a rabbit or anything else like that. When it comes to, like, turkeys, you know, their craw, it's not so much the gut, but the craw Mm -hmm. has stuff that hasn't been ground up and and swallowed yet, you know. Well, know if there's any grasshoppers that they're bugging or whatever, sure. See, are they eating a bunch of seed? Are they down in the swamp bottoms eating seed? Are they... Are they eating grasshoppers? What, what What's in there? Plus, you, you know? can get some really cool polished stones out of there. Can you? Yeah. Okay. They get those big ones, and they stay in there, and they get, like, it's like a rock tumbler. They get a really, yeah. you never got one of those? No. No. Cra- the craziest thing I ever found uh, when it came to animals, I didn't have to open it up to find it. When I was cleaning out the water trough for the hogs, 
You know, they had an automatic waterer at mm-hmm. the bottom of a 50-gallon uh, water drum. Yeah. They push it with their nose and water. Yeah. I'm, and it gets filled with sand and all that. So I'm cleaning it out. Dad would make me clean it out. Big, giant arrowhead right mm-hmm. there in it. I don't know. I was like, what did he, like, pick it up in his mouth and, like, uh, rinse it out? Or, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how it got in there. And uh, I had that thing forever. Of course, I eventually lost it. But um, I was like, Dad, Dad. And somebody else turned around and said, what's this doing in my swimming pool? Because you lost it in the swimming pool. Uh, no, nah, he lost it in the, in the bay, dude. I don't know. His brother had pocket. it in his pocket, and Uh-oh. he was swimming in the in the water drop. Probably. Yeah, in, the, in the stock tank. In the, in the stock tank, yeah, yeah, down there. Sure, it's probably so. down the bottom of there. Filled underneath the house now. It's all filled in now. But uh, but as for hogs or anything, other creatures like that, nah, I'm not really interested in what they're eating. It walked in here. I was in an oak hammock. I'm just going to go in a, and just go ahead and assume that it might have been acorns. That's why they were there. That's why they were snacking. <laughs> that's why they were crunching. And I shot him. So end of story. I don't even know if he's got any snail shells in there or anything like that. I'm, I'm pretty much good. And I'll say the same thing. When you say cleaning anything, people have done that about uh, swamp rabbits. Holy moly. I don't know what those things eat. Yeast. Uh, but I, whatever it is. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Human bodies, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, yep. but by the time it gets down to wherever it is, it's fermenting, it is not good. Uh, and speaking of body parts, in case it's sad news but bad news and good news, uh, I don't know if you heard the news this past week, but a 12-foot, 504-pound alligator in Louisiana got captured this past week in uh, Slidell, Louisiana. Oh, no. And uh, they believe it's the one that actually killed a uh, 71-year-old uh, Timothy Slatterly after the uh, hurricane, after Hurricane Ida. No, no. What was Timothy doing at the time? He, he went outside. In the water. He went out on his front porch because they had lost power. And I guess, you know, like any good daddy or husband or whatever, he's like, I'll go out and check outside see if the wires are down and the breaker's gone. And he never come back. That's right around the corner from uh, Captain Duvall. Yeah, Slidell's right there. Like right he lives right there. I got cousins in Slidell. So uh, uh, they caught the gator uh, near the town of Slidell, and uh, they had it in a trap. I don't know how they got a 12-footer in a trap. I guess maybe they using a uh, hook and snare. I know, I know that's, they can do that in Louisiana, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to swamp people. And um, once the alligator was uh, searched, its stomach contents, they actually found human remains. Yes. Hmm. So um, they just are uh, going to do some little DNA type stuff and uh, everything else, and then um, uh, they'll move along. But uh, it was the floodwaters of Lake Pontchartrain. It overflowed, and the electricity and phone service had cut off in the area, and so Tim went outside the house to see what was going on and uh, never came back. Right out on his front porch. That sucks. He got off the porch. He was out waiting in the water. I don't well, think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. I think he ran off. He, he was leaving it, out there. He's like, I'm either going by electrocution or alligator. I'm getting tired of this old lady stuff. He, <laughs> actually, he, he looked, went to Denver. He, uh, you know, he was a big bearded uh, guy. Looked like he was in really good shape. You know, uh, he wasn't like some doddery old dude that went out there and you know slipped off the porch in his uh, house shoes. Yeah, but a twelve foot gator is a pretty strong. Five hundred and four pounder. That's yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, you don't, I don't have, care how yeah. big and burly you are. You ain't you ain't getting out of that one. Yeah, once he gets a hold of a big chunk of you somewhere, it's all they do is just back up, 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 and, and, and start, go down, and then start spinning. So, yep. And then it's pretty much over. Seventy-one years old. I hope he had a good time. 
But you know what? He left a great story for his grandkids. You know, your grandpappy got eaten by a gator right out here. <laughs> right out there off your grandmama's porch. Yeah, a little right too soon, Brady. Right a little there. too soon. You got to honor the I guy see the best that way you can. I think Clint Eastwood will play him, too, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Is he, he still alive? Clint Eastwood don't like to lose, so the gator's probably going to die. Yeah, yeah, well, it's going to be the, it's gonna be a more accurate retelling. Like I said, I don't think he's dead. I think he ran off, and that's that'll be Clint Eastwood's take on it. I see more of a Billy Bob Thornton in that role. Ooh, that's <laughs> a good way, yeah. I see, uh, you know, that big beardy thing he can grow. It seems like when he sneezes, he grows like eight inches of beard. So And, and his wife beater. T-shirt. No, this guy didn't. He had a. He actually wore a shirt kind of similar to Bill George in the photograph <laughs> they had of him. He had a hat on, a, like a cowboy hat on, a big old beard, and you know, a he, Hawaiian shirt. He looked like any of those. What were the two brothers that were on Swamp People, and the one passed away? Uh, oh, you're talking about. Oh God, dog it. Neil, t- uh, uh, Billy, Johnny. Uh, well, anyway, you know who I'm talking about. They weren't Gator hunters. They still they had that. Just... They had that big old Cajun beard. That's what you know he had out there, and. Uh, Anyway, I hope he lived a good life and all that stuff, but he left a great story behind. It's just sad that he had to go that yeah. way. Oh, that was good. Glenn, yeah. Glenn, I should say, one, Glenn, one, Glenn, and the other one was guy. Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell was the one that passed away. Yeah, Glenn and Mitchell, yeah. Not quite as... They were the squirrel hunters, weren't they? Yeah. Or, Glenn yeah, actually... They, yeah, they were. Glenn actually did My some hunting slow, on man. the show, so... Oh, yeah, he went out there and did... He helped Liz out after his brother died. We're yeah. going to go over episode after episode. We watch way too much TV. <laughs> no. Seriously. I feel like you guys might be a fan. I, I loved the show. I really did. You know, for a while there until I started seeing the uh, the producers get more involved with uh, the... Uh, uh, Orientation. Liz, no, with the, uh, you know, well, Liz is hooked into a big 12, 5,000-pound 12-footer, and they pull that thing over the side, and it maybe stretch it out to about six foot. You know, it's like ah, had, it's like had to create tape to the end of it, and then, and then had I lo- to create drama. And I love to see the you know the arm thing with the rope going back and forth, back and forth. It's like it's like, uh, and uh, they're sitting there with a gun hovering over. And if you look at most of the time, the bolts back or something like that on. It's not even loaded. It's just like, wait, we need some B roll here. Let's just act like well, we can. that. That was one of the funniest stories I ever heard. One of the guys that worked for Summit, which was a some people that when they first came out were doing some stuff with Troy and the boys and he got to actually go hunting with them and that was the funniest thing in the world they said they were on the boat they're sitting there holding the gator and he's sitting there and he's like what are you doing the guy's sitting there holding the rifle you know and he's like what are you doing he's like I'm waiting for that perfect shot he goes will you please shoot the gator in the head so we can <laughs> go yeah, right, shoot it. Let's do it. Let's get get out of here. Well, I will say that the uh, Molinaires, when we met them and we spoke to them, oh yeah, they were they were true guys who out there who really don't like to do a lot of fluff. Yeah, that's why I, I think that's why they maybe are not as prevalent on the show sometimes is because they're actually out there getting it done, and plus they're on an airboat. Yeah, and they're hauling butt, and uh, you know these producers and cameramen and stuff. You know how it is. You film a TV <laughs> yeah, show. Yes, I do. You know that they got to uh, you know keep up with those guys. They're not waiting for you. Yeah, they're like dude, I got three hundred tags to fill. I well, ain't got time for you, man. I got to go. And the cool part about it is, with that show, everyone that I've met that has any association or has anything to do with that show, you could tell they're all good, down home, salt of the earth people. 
that was one thing that I thought was pretty cool. That like to be left alone. Yeah. That's like your buddy that took us out there, Bill. Yeah. Oh, he, he <laughs> <laughs> the look on Vince's face when that guy looked at Vince and said, listen, if I'm headed towards something and it looks like I'm going to hit it, I am. <laughs> Just hold on. Yeah, I'm on the top. I'm on the top. I'm like, and we all know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, no. This was this one. Was it wasn't G2. Double G. It wasn't G two. G two. No. 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 It, this is Chris. We were at with that night. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm like, I'm on the top bunk here, and I look at my brother. My brother's looking at me, going. We really gonna hit that tree? I'm like, what have you yeah. got me into? <laughs> I don't mind as long as there's not wasps in it or them big old nests of spiders that uh, get over there and next to the water. That was my only fear. I didn't care about hitting the tree. I just didn't want to know what was in the tree. When, when I was it. out with uh, when I was out with G two, mine was well. You know, we got a lot of rain, so guys, get up front, keep your eyes out for any silver wires going across the water. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, you know, fences. Water's up so high, we're going to be running the edges, and you know, there's some fences that go out into the lake, and we're like, yeah. all, I heard was, all I heard was decapitation. No, no, <laughs> it, it's not going to get you in the neck. It's going to get you in the leg. Oh, whatever. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay right there. You guys will be right back. That's for you, Bill. <laughs> for those of, for those of you who don't know, oh, welcome back, that everybody. a boy. Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden, Jonathan, uh, Vince hanging out with us, and uh, we got Bill George down there, and uh, you know we have a producer that goes by the name of Slick. I'm just mad you didn't think of it first. And uh, he's kind of new around here, you know. He's uh, this is your what? The second time you've run the show, third show, third, third time, third time. And uh, during the break, he does a. Is it just me, or what do you guys think? Does Bill George look a lot like Magnum P.I.? And I go, welcome. You must be new here. <laughs> he wasn't in studio for the last two weeks. You're like, I know. Yeah, you know, you just know him I know, automatically. I know, yeah. I know, but it's been alluded to many, many, multiple times over the years about uh, Bill George and his Hawaiian shirt and his manly mustache and the, his... You know uh, how many people in the world I have to remember? I, well, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. They've they've right. been working on trying to get me to sit in a Ferrari and take a picture. Just one, just just one picture. You haven't yeah. done that yet. No. no. Yeah, you need to. And, and the thing uh, is, them. they know somebody that has a Ferrari. Oh well, your Dean's not gonna let you sit in his car. Are you crazy? <laughs> we can have him stand on the other side where he can pretend he's sitting. We'll put a crate. No, no. We'll put a crate on the other side of the car. Dean is way too anal for you to be like. Yeah, I just got done. I've been gator hunting for the last eighty nine hours, Take and I want to. I want to. I want to get a picture and sit in your Ferrari. He'd what are you like, talking about? He just said he's got the shorts, so you got to do the whole recreation. What you said? You don't have the shorts anymore. Well, I have some shorts that are part, but they have to be those shorty shorts. You know, like we can go to Hooters to get buy them a pair. There you, know? you go. Well, oh. no, it's got to be the beige ones that Whoa. the Navy SEALs. Whoa, that the Navy <laughs> SEALs wear. You know, it has to be those. Well, guys, I. I I told you I was going to try and trick him into taking us to Hooters, but it's off the cut. There you go. Oh, is that what it was? I didn't. I would. No one told me. I, if I'd have known, I could help. Brandon, I got a picture for you for Bill. Put it on the Facebook page so our <laughs> listeners can see Magnum. <laughs> Why does his mic sound so muffled? What's going on with that over and there? This mic is terrible. Uh, that, have him come in here, and he can sit in with the producer. No. Oh, no, it'd be we're nice. We're going to solve this. Turn uh, that mic off. Oh, here we go. Here he, oh, he brought his toolkit in. 
Get ready. Here what, we go, Bill what you, George. What are you doing? Tim Nelson is going to absolutely have my head for this. Well, you know, this is not a union radio station, so they really can't can't say anything. I mean, this, uh, this ain't up, this ain't upstate New York, all right? <laughs> this is not where you know you you unplug a microphone and like fifteen uh, union guys show up and go, "Hey, what you doing in there?" You know, you just can't you change nothing without you can't change nothing out without no union rep in here. Like I said, I don't think you know Tim Nelson. I'm pretty sure he has like wanted posters of me up in his office. For I spilled coffee on the board a couple weeks ago. Oh uh, yeah, we heard all about yeah, that. Yeah, that was that was yeah. the big thing. We heard all that. So every time I look at him, he just has that like those furrowed brows, the angry eyes, everything. He is not happy with me. Yeah, there's that guy right there that touches my stuff. <laughs> he touches my stuff. Hey, uh, we got seasons coming up, and they're coming up rapidly. Don't forget, at the end of the month, uh, dove season's going to get underway. And uh, let's see, started on September 1st, if you did not know, going on all the way through the uh, November 9th, you do have the common gallinule, you know, the more hens and the rails and the what? king and clapper rails. You could get out there and shoot Today those Today is the opener of, of deer season. I don't uh, an archery, archery here uh, in this area. Yeah. And it is also the opening of teal and wood duck. I was getting to that if you well, would just you were shut so up slow. Don't pick on Bill. He gave me, look at that. I'm I back. Was, I'm trying to yes. uh, I'm trying to uh, go through the things <laughs> that a lot of people don't know because you'd be surprised how many people come in and they go We have a target rich environment. Uh you know, they pick up a couple of boxes of steel ammo and I go, Oh, you guys are going duck hunting this weekend? Uh no. Is it duck season? Well, yeah, I mean, it's well, been. What are you buying what steel shots? Yeah, that's the same question I have. Because it's the only thing that they can find or whatever it is. So I'm like, you're going to go out and shoot sporting clays with four shot. Okay. <laughs> have fun. Go out and have a, have a good time. I guess, wow. I guess you can do that. But, yes, today, the 18th through the 22nd, uh, teal and wood ducks only. And uh, you have the... Um, uh, the second one going on September 23rd through the 26th, teal only. And then it doesn't start back up again until November. And uh, then, of course, we have the morning doves, the white wing, and the ringnecks, and all that kind of stuff starting on September 25th, going through October 17th. And they are already starting to, to, uh, to bait me. I pulled into the house, picked up the kids from school. Pulled into the yard, and there's like 20 ringneck doves sitting there looking at me like, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you can do about So what this. you're saying is you want me to bring the air rifle to you? We need to figure out a way to get them from here in Pinellas County to over there. And, I, you know, the problem is, is that Why you got. you shoot them in Pinellas County? Well, you know, Wait. neighbors and uh, why couldn't we just things? net them and just transport them? Well, they are non-native species. Oh no, no, species, no, no! Don't so, be caught, uh, caught transporting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ring neck let them free. That's when, a that you know you're in violation. That's a non-native species. Yeah, when you move things like that, you get into <laughs> you get into kind of uh, iffy things. <laughs> I'm still I'm still trying to figure out a way for Vince to so, uh, get some suppressors for us so we can go out and go goose hunting over so there. So what you're here. saying is you got the legal department. Of big and wild outdoors sitting right here, and you're worried about not being able to crack a few. I'd, yeah, that's I'd a, shoot them in a heartbeat. That's what I need. I need Bill George's. Uh, you know, when I get into 49th Street, I'll go. You get a phone call, and I go. I'm going to call my representative, Bill. I was shooting ringneck doves. They threw me in jail. Come get me. Uh, I, I'm out here uh, on Lake.
I can't cock-kill an alligator. <laughs> right now. Can you hang on? I can get there in the morning. I can't get there right now. Man, you're going to make me powdered eggs and crappy milk? What's up, dude, man? Go by the ATM, get some cash. Come get me. This guy over here is looking at me kind of funny. I'll be in that drunk tank, man, with all those hardened criminals. Oh, They'll be like, Lord. what did you do, man? Did you rob a bank? Killed some doves. <laughs> Shot him with my... But you know what, though? The whole tank would probably be quiet. I'm like, you got in jail for that? Yeah. Tell me about it. So you'd be telling stories the whole time. So you're saying I should just get a, a riot going, going, let him out. Let him <laughs> exactly. out. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, so... You can get anything you want at oh Alex's restaurant. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you those cops would have 27 8 by 10 colored glossy photos with pictures and arrows on them. <laughs> So if you're somewhere over in northern uh, Pinellas County and you hear a uh, uh, faraway distance sounds like fireworks, but more of a boomy sound, don't freak out. Don't call Channel 8. Don't call the sheriff's department. Today is the opening day of Teal and Wood Ducks. So there may be a couple of guys sitting out there, you know, winging some steel shot in, uh, away from your abode. So you should be okay. And then again, like I said, uh, Dove starts up on September 25th through October 17th. And then November 13th through December 5th and December 19th through January uh, 31st. Uh, Jeremy, a guy that I work with, he announced yesterday, he said, oh, dude, I got a spot to go dove hunting. And I was like, really? Where's it at? He goes, Perry. Perry. I said, Perry, Perry, <laughs> Florida. And he said, yeah. I go, you're going to drive three hours to go shoot doves and drive three hours to come back with whatever, how many doves you get. And he said, yeah, I got a buddy of mine up there that's uh, been working on a dove field for like two years. I go, well, then it might be worth the drive. Yeah. <laughs> just, if he's, been put, he's been putting that much effort into it. It just may be worth the drive. I can tell you as a kid, I went on a couple of very decent dove fields with my dad. My dad took us out there as kids, and that was very enjoyable. When I hunted FWC dove fields, they, they they cannot plant a dove field and get doves. I, I don't know what it is, but they just have been terrible at it. I've heard that for years, years and years. People, you know, they're like, is there a place you can go? And I say, well, the NFWC's got fields. And, you know, they drag a kid out there with them. We're like, we were out there for like seven hours and didn't see one bird fly over or nothing. Now, when they started building these buildings here, right here where we're sitting, this used to be our dove area right here, and then once the buildings went up, we had to go somewhere else. So that's when we discovered the old celery fields down around uh, Sarasota area down there. And that was um, pre-275 interchange type area. So for oh us Lord. to drive, for us to go down to the <laughs> celery fields, we had to leave here, go across Gandy, go through Bayshore, then down 60 by the old banana docks, because there was no, uh, you know, ice palace or anything else down there. It was, a, nope. it was a shady little area that you drove through. And uh, you hit Adamo. Then you went down 41 and uh, drove all the way down to you connected with uh, I-75 and then drove all the way down. Got off on Fruitville Road. <laughs> took a left to go underneath it, go down about a mile or so, turn right, and that was all celery fields out there. They still call it that, but it's, you know, houses and uh, a yep. park or something now. So and As you're talking, I'm trying to think. There is nothing in Pinellas County. I, I don't know of any no. place. No, 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 I got to ask you. Now, I'm not trying to be facetious or anything like that, but, Bill George, you said you would, and if you would do that, 
how would you do that? Because there's so many ordinances when you when you're here in the city limits, let's say. Well, I'm in sovereign submerged lands, which those all the title land is, okay? No, I'm talking about dove hunting if you're in your front yard or you got them that's, in the backyard. That's your, your, that's your property. Right, but, but, but if your next door neighbor's right there, I mean, how does that work? I can't Just be crack, I can be cracking off 22 shorts out in the backyard. Why not? Well, you, I, I, you know, this is ask an attorney area. Mr. Gunn, are you sure? Listen, do not <laughs> let the bullet leave your property. How did it? Well, I'm not going to miss. So, well, yeah, no, I know that. Miss, but I mean, uh, I'm not going to be out there. No, he's your look. property is not up in the air. No, you're not you shooting a dove up in the air with the 22. I'd hope not. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Legally, you don't have to shoot them while they're flying. I mean, it's ethical not to shoot them off the barbed wire fence or off the uh, <laughs> telephone pole. FWC usually gets kind of miffy if you're shooting them off the uh, the wire or the top wire. They, That's what I was envisioning. You're in the backyard. <laughs> I got not a red. With the I got, 22. I got a red rider. Man, don't think I won't have to shoot that sucker 15 Listen, times. I, used to I have never in my <laughs> life had a dove taste any different that was flying, land, lit on a fence, or lit on a power line. They all tasted the same, and they were great. I've admitted it a million times. I was uh, two birds away from my limit, and sure as the world, two doves come down and land on the top strand of the barbed wire fence off to my left. There's no one behind there. They're just sitting there, and they're looking at me. They're about maybe 30 yards away, and I'm sitting there going, all right, I'm going to just keep an eye on them. So when they take off, I'm all, you know, boom, 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 boom. Sun's going down. They're still sitting there, you know, talking to each other about what the hairdresser did last week or whatever, and I just went to the point You're where I was You're wasting like, way too much time. Yeah. Yeah. It probably said, was like, hey, watch this mook over here. He's yeah. just watching us. He's, he's got an eye. <laughs> I think he's got one of those uh, thunder sticks over there. And, uh, <laughs> he won't shoot. Watch. We sit here all day. Yeah, well, I was Wrong. like, I was like, you know what? I I was out with Glenn, and I was like, "Are you done?" He goes, "I need like three more to live it out." I was like, "I'm done." He goes, "You're done." I went, "Yeah, boom," and I was oh, done. He hey, got me. Two birds in there, fifteen. I'm out. So wait, go back to what you said though. You don't let your bullet leave your property. Yes, that was a cross fence that they were on. It wasn't a property line fence necessarily, probably. There's a certain area. Now, would I get in trouble because there's a certain drive spot, dry patch in my backyard where there seems to be some exposed uh, white gritty material out there that seems to accumulate? Uh, Did you accumulate? place that white gritty material there? No, I did okay. not. It's well, a natural occurring thing. It's a thing. natural occurring thing. And they, and they seem to uh, like to come down there and <laughs> dance around and Sounds prance like around. Sounds like me. You're protecting your car from getting pooped on. They're in the backyard, not in the but, front yard. But if you turn around and you, if you actually place gravel out there, gravel can be considered bait. That is true. Any How kind is of gravel bait? Grit. Grit is uh, oh, bait. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, green oh, yeah. space. See, really? that's it, that's all right. But if you put a that's, if you put a, a caliche or a grit road through the middle of your dove field, that's perfectly okay. You know, you got to be able to drive across there without damaging your crops, so you're all good. <laughs> all right. See, so I, you, I, learned, I learned something. You got to learn to live in the gray world that Bill George lives <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> it's not gray. If, if, if you plant, if you plant a dove field late in the season and there's still seed exposed, as long as it's a natural agriculture. <laughs> All I can hear is, the more you know, ding. Yeah, really. <laughs> now, just remember, if you mow the outside of your dove field uh, within 10 feet or so of the fence line, they can get you. Wow. Why? 
Yeah, because you're yeah, you got to wait. We've got to talk about this when we get back. Yeah, you can just hold on a minute. All right, okay. I'll take a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by uh, Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Don't eat pork. Hi, welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. <laughs> Brayden Jonathan, uh, Vince Noble, and uh, Bill George. Okay. And Slick. What's okay? Usually when you start your sentence with uh, no. okay. It's... Okay, so let's get back to the whole dove conversation. <laughs> hey. why, do, okay, why can't you cut the grass? That's what I want to know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Where would you come up with that? Okay, short term. We just left a tease like. I didn't. Bill George did. A basted turkey sitting there on the table, you, and you said your buddy got in trouble for cutting the grass around the. A gentleman who we all, uh, except for maybe Vince, but all of us have a a knowledge of a uh, Plant City resident who's been there for a billion thousand years and uh, uh, nursery owner and stuff like that. Used to be also a dove field operator, and when you are a professional dove field operator. You kind of get the peepers of the FWC on you quite often. Uh, They want to make sure that you're adhering to all the strict guidelines and that there's no uh, golden kernels on the ground and, you know, things like that. You know, they just want to make sure you're within the limits. And when you have one where you're paying to go there, sometimes, you know, shady people do shady things. Well, this gentleman's not a shady guy. He did it, ran it professionally, and he didn't want any trouble. Knew all the officers that were involved, had men, numerous run-ins with them on certain other things. Oh, whoa, whoa. Here's the start. He's had numerous run-ins. Uh-huh. So he's he, he was somebody they were focused on? He's, he's on the list. No, he, had, he, uh, he knew a lot of them because of the other side job that he used to have that involved uh, the FWC quite often. Okay. Which was usually... Uh, uh, the keyword's re- not run-ins. He had dealings with dealings. I shouldn't have said run-ins. Associations. Yeah, yeah, associations. Because uh, he was a a rescuer, raptors and owls and things like that as well. Which mm. you have to have, you know, you got to have a pretty tight relationship with those guys. Because you know they call you when they got uh, you know a red-tailed hawk that's got his wing blown off or something. So anyway, um, he had hunters in the field and uh, was. Su- was going to do it that week and said, hey, would you guys mind if I, you know, went outside the fence and brush hogged out there real quick? The birds aren't really flying right now. You know, I just make a couple of real quick passes around the outside for two reasons. One, he'd been wanting to do it, but also if anybody shot a bird passing, now this is still his property. It's not, you know, somebody else's. It's not Vince's property. So that if a bird went over the fence over your head, you're not you're not in waist deep high grass trying yeah. to trying to find it. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, as a convenience thing, so he went out there. He wasn't trying to enhance anything or do anything else. Just cutting dang grass. Went out there, made a couple of passes. Next thing you know, whoop, they descend upon him, and uh, you can't do that. Uh, that's illegal. You can't do that. It's an I, enhancement I, of a dove field and uh, blah 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 with hunters in the field and all that stuff. So basically, it made him feel like. Wait, what are you saying? I'm out here mowing to flush doves over into the dove field or something? What do you? I don't get it. You know, they knew each other by first name, so they referred to each other as you know Bill and George or whatever it is. And 
he's like, Bill, are you like really gonna you know do this to me? And this is, you know, I'm not doing that. And he's like, well, you know, it's an enhancement. You can't really do that. And so that so they write him a citation. I, w- I would take it. Well, he uh, did, Mr. Cotta, Mr. Cotta. Yeah. What if the hunters were not in the field? Is that a whole other ball game? No, I, I wouldn't think so. But it was during the season. Um, I don't you know. You can mow strips in the middle of your field. That's true. If you're doing it, but I think that since normal it was only outside, agricultural activities, you should be thank fine you. with. Well, that was explained when it was in court and all that stuff, and it was eventually thrown out. He was like, "Look, I'm not. What am I? I'm not out here spreading seed. I'm not out here, you know, mowing and t- disking and uh, putting down, uh, you know." White pearls of millet all over the place. I'm cutting the grass. That's all I was doing, cutting the grass, man. So, uh, anyway. Dove do like fresh cut grass. <laughs> I, d- I don't know what it is, but when it comes to a dove field, I don't know why they're so uh, voracious over over that. Uh, I mean, it's... It, it, they it, have it, short legs. No, I'm talking about when it comes to any kind of stuff like that, they just... I, uh, when it Why comes are they to so the feds, hard on it? yeah. yeah when it sense. comes to the feds and when it comes to FWC, all that stuff. What was? How many years ago was it that? Uh, was it uh, the governor? Wasn't he out on that dove field up around outside of Tallahassee when the? Oh yes. When the feds like descended on there, like it was like uh, you Couldn't know, find a thing. Yeah, well, like Carlos Letter was like dropping off bales of cocaine up there or something. I mean. Oh no! When Dude, they, they came when out they of the go woods in and they think they have a big raid, they they bring in resources. Oh yeah, there were helicopters in the sky. There was uh, you uh, know wait, officers out of the woods. We're talking about dove fields. Yes, a dove field. Yes. A big raid on a dove field. Yes. yes, like we have nothing better to spend Dude, our money on. No, That's no, what I'm saying. No, no, trust me when I say this, and I've made this comment on the show. My grandfather and dad and me and my uncle and all that, we used to have multiple dove fields out at our place. And like I said on the show, we stopped doing it because of exactly what Braden's hinting at and everything else. Because frankly, it's a pain in the rear end. Like it's constantly they're looking to see just what are you doing, what are you trying to do, what it are you doing. No I mean, sense. Childs. It, it was walking Lawton Childs. Yeah. That's who it was because he was a big turkey hunter. Yeah, and uh, he went out there on that dove field with. His entourage and all those other people out there, and uh, it was it was not only FWC but it was also Feds because you know oh, yeah. it's a migratory bird you know and and they they descended on, and they they literally said that they were agents out on the field, literally on their hands and knees looking down through the uh, grass and through the field and stuff, just trying to find one kernel of of golden corn or cracked corn yeah. or whatever it was. Eventually, you know, it all was like it was all legal, legal. But somebody somewhere made a phone call and said, "You need to keep an eye on these guys, man. They out there throwing." We say we had kind of the same situation that I know who you're talking about, like Bill saying, "Our fields usually we did millet. We did a combination millet of God. I can't even remember all the stuff, but a lot of the things we tried to plant were like millet, sunflower seeds." The stuff in that, you know, that kind of deal to where it's going to have a head, it's going to pop, it's going to blow the seed out, which is exactly what the dove's looking for. And like you said, two weeks before, a week to two weeks before, we would go in there with a bush hog and we would cut across, usually in each field. And we had one time that they just gave us a absolute fit about doing that. 
And like my grandfather, we would plant them and go in and do that. And then two weeks after that, we'd come in and actually disc. And like Braden's saying about the phases, we'd go the first phase and hunt, and then we would disc it up and we would plant. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but we would plant something that would be a little bit more cool tolerant because we'd get into the cooler months of these seasons and have it come up and you would hit all three phases they'd have food and it was just they it's like what are you doing out here with seed what are you doing this what are you doing that what i, uh, I want to do a new show for discovery <laughs> dove raids uh, <laughs> discovery oh you, you, there's a lot of them well you can go uh you can go to uh my fwc and if you go in and you look for doves dove field here's the, here's the really funny part the first five pages on this uh, site that they have is telling you exactly how to plant and fertilize and what you should plant and everything else on there. And then you scroll down and it goes, Dove Fields, Baitings, and the Law. It's like, okay, you told me to do everything, and then now you're going to tell me that half the stuff I've done on here, uh, some guy could write out a ticket for. So uh, I'll give you some of that manipulation information when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends at Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Welcome in so much for uh, hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We really, really, really do. Uh, Talking about doves and fields... Uh, I don't know about rapid growth uh, millet or anything right now. If you haven't really got your fields established, um, you're going to have to find some sort of very short-grained, uh, fast grow. I would go with bahia grass. The tops of bahia and stuff like that, they seem to really like that kind of stuff as well. Natural oh, yes. occurring uh, type feed. But uh, going through some of the dove fields, baitings, and the law, it says while most people have a general knowledge of what baiting is, I mean, seriously... Uh, but, you know, Vince is about to get uh, an education because he doesn't know. Um, a baited area is any area which is where salt, grain, or other feed has been placed, exposed, deposited, distributed, or scattered. If the salt, grain, or other feed could serve as a lure or attraction for migratory birds to, on, or over areas where hunters are attempting to take them, and such areas will remain baited for 10 days following the complete removal of such salt, grain, or other feed. <laughs> and I think if you go back and look for the one for deer and stuff like that, it also says in there you have to have it established six months but ahead of, you know. Sometimes like that. It says, uh, furthermore, according to Title yeah. 50 yeah. Code of the Federal Regulations, Chapter 1, Part 20 and 21, doves may not be taken by the aid of baiting or on or over any baited area where a person knows or reasonably should know that the area has been baited. Remember, that's how Lawton Childs and all those other guys, they got out of there like, what are you coming down here kicking my butt for, man? I, I just got invited here. Well, you know, I don't know nothing about this field. I don't know nothing about it. They brought us here, and we went out to shoot birds. And luckily, they didn't find any stuff out there anyway, but, you know, they were like, dude, we, we don't have nothing to do with this, man. This ain't our field. So when you plant the seeds, right, like you were talking about earlier, Jonathan, you're planting the seeds, whatnot, mm-hmm. blah, 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 that's considered baiting the field? At the time of the initial planting, if it's not 
If it's not in. turned over and grown in. Okay. To, there can't be any exposed seed or anything like that out there for, like for two weeks before okay. uh, like, the start of the like, season. Like so. He says about there's phases. So what we would try to do is say we shot birds Saturday and Sunday. We would not do anything to the field until mon- at Monday at the earliest. And that way it would give everything – a chance to settle down for two weeks or whatever before the next phase, or was it two weeks or two weeks or three weeks uh, or something like that between phases? The biggest, the biggest thing, like for the advice that I have to anybody who's ever looking to go dove hunting that has not dove hunted before. If you're going to somebody else's field, you, you, yes. if you're going to a reputable field, that's fine. But, your responsibility is to make sure your gun is plugged, okay? Yeah. You do not want to be able to have more than three shells in your gun. They will write you a ticket for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vince, you just mentioned you got a shotgun, right? Correct. And my advice to you is put your plug in your shotgun and never take it out. Do you uh, do you even know if there's one in there? Because it's a I defensive shotgun. Yeah, that you it's bought. a home defense, but so it probably doesn't even have is. a it doesn't even have a plug in it. Uh, some come with them, but some defensive shotguns when you purchase them they don't they don't have a plug, which no. it's not hard. I mean you can you can make one. I mean it's not that big of a deal. I mean well, what pistol is grip right? or you got the you can, do what is it a pistol grip or do you got the no it's a regular shotgun. I mean it's a twelve gauge long barrel. Long barrel. When you say long barrel, eighteen inch. That's not a long barrel. That's a longer barrel than I've ever had. Twenty-eight, thirty-two. That's long. Now we're talking long. But uh, but to to give you a little, I wanted to bring this up while Bill was still here. Uh, It says right here that um, in that same chapter one, blah blah blah. It also specifically allows the harvesting of doves on or over lands or areas that are not otherwise baited areas where grain and other feed have been distributed or scattered solely as a result of manipulation of an agricultural crop or other feed on the land where grown or solely as a result of normal agricultural operation. Now, I do like that because if you're a cattle guy and you're out there and your normal agricultural operation is uh, driving your truck through the middle of the field and dumping 15 bags of, uh, you know, sweet feed or corn or grain or whatever it is for the cattle, and there's stuff left over, and doves seem to have found it in the evening and decide to come in uh, at the end of the day and fill up their barrel uh, bellies before they head off to uh, to their roosting spot. Then you have some legality there where you're not being dragged off of the field. And it actually says that the United States Wildlife Service provided dove field managers some flexibility by actually inserting the word manipulation. And according to uh, Title 50, uh, the code regulations... The alteration of natural vegetation or agricultural crops by activities that include, but are not limited to, (laughs) mowing, shredding, disking, rolling, chopping, trampling, flattening, burning, or herbicide treatments. The term manipulation does not include the distribution and scattering of grain, seed, or other feed after removal from the storage where the field is grown. Yep. So you can't go harvest millet and then say, I'm going to go put it back in the field because I'm growing it for next year. Yeah. Nope. Reseeding. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you could get in. Big, You're reseeding. What are you talking about? Yeah. A year in advance. You just forgot a, for a week to cultipack it in, so it's sitting on top of the ground. You're telling me this is not a, an annual <laughs> plant? All right. We're going to take a break. Top of the hour. Hour number two is right around the corner. Lots of stuff to talk about today. 
We want to get through uh, Dove season nicely with no tickets, all that kind of good stuff. If you're not really sure, I'll give you the second piece of advice. Walk through the field, and if you see the golden kernels of cracked corn, say thanks for the invite. We're going to go eat at McDonald's. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll be right back. 